Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Low Code Approach. Today, I'm joined by Ricardo Duncan, Product Marketing Manager for Dataverse and Power Platform. And Ricardo's got some new work that he just completed and some really interesting topics about Power Platform. And I think everybody should take a look at this. Hey Ricardo, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. Thanks, Sean, for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome, man. So this work is called the Low Code Signals 2023, and that's just a bunch of words. What does that actually mean? Yeah, so it's a report that we did really trying to understand the IT professional and the CIO and the IT department at large much more closely to make sure that low code and power platforms specifically really were serving um, them in the best ways possible. And so what we ended up doing is we surveyed about 2000 IT professionals. Um, so that's a range of titles, as I'm sure everyone is aware, that falls under that umbrella, about 200 CIOs. And so this is really to give us a statistically significant number of people to get their opinions and feedback on low code about. Yeah, so this report kind of explores three different kind of key trends that we're seeing and how low code is helping CIOs and IT departments at large meet some of their challenges. Nice. So that's a, that's a fair number of uh, IT professionals in, in C-level. Was there any focus on any specific industry or was this like across the board? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So we actually did it across six industries, those being financial services and insurance, another being government, healthcare, travel and transport, retail and manufacturing. So uh, we had quite a few uh, different industries that we kind of cut this information up by as well, because we wanted to see if there were any major statistical differences from each industry to each industry. And, you know, we found some interesting nuggets there that I'm happy to talk about a little bit further later. Very cool. So it seems like there's a lot to gain from some pretty incredible data points that you pulled back in the report. Too long didn't read. And a spoiler alert. Like, is this the silver bullet? Like, is low code the silver <laughs> bullet to fix some of these challenges and pain points for organizations? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, no, it is not. And as any good professional developer or IT professional would tell you, there is no such thing as a silver bullet in technology. Um, and that is certainly true of low code. But what we really want to do here is help these IT departments understand, you know, hey, it's not the silver bullet, but it's a great piece of your Batman toolkit and having that in your tool belt. And that's really what we want them to kind of embrace and, um, you know, start to explore some of those scenarios and break those down in terms of where it's most useful for them to kind of uh, help accelerate and, you know, cut down on some costs and things of that nature. Yeah. So you mentioned driving cost savings. Is it something that is only applied to the IT department regarding like resourcing and building out apps or does this go to even business process owners and maybe modernizing the applications that they're trying to build or their cost savings implied in that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And so this is really a double-edged kind of set of benefits, if you will. Part of it is definitely for the IT departments, right? I don't know how much people know this, but I'm sure everyone's aware of the current economic tensions, of course, and definitely want to be respectful of that. But one of the key things that we're seeing is that there's continued slowed global growth, and that's only going to continue in 2023. And so that trickles across all organizations of all industries, right? But simultaneously, that also impacts um, IT departments, of course, as it impacts any other department. The thing here is IT departments are already really running hot, right? Like they're already getting squeezed from a variety of angles in terms of, hey, look, we need a technical solution that can help me with A, B, and C, right? And so crazily enough, you know, IDC had a previous estimate of 500,000 new apps by 2025, and that's even expanded now and ballooned to 750,000 new apps built by 2027. And so, you know, it's very paradoxical to ask somebody to accelerate uh, how quickly they build and also to cut some costs. And low code is pretty good at that from a variety of standpoints. And then those benefits actually expand out to the organization at large due to some of those efficiency gains um, and also some of those cut costs. So that's really 
it helps in both parts. And that's really massive for organizations overarchingly. No, that makes sense. And like, you know, recently Microsoft put out a, a bunch of big news regarding natural language integration into Power Platform, which is probably going to spark off a whole bunch of new application creation. What are your thoughts on, you know, time to production with these applications now that you've got AI integration and you've also got, you know, natural language integration in, in, into all these tooling, will that also help organizations and maybe increase further cost saving to them? Yeah, that's a great question, Sean. Really what we're seeing is, you know, that's definitely a key piece uh, that we believe will help continue to exacerbate the accelerated kind of application development benefits that organizations are seeing. It's actually funny that you you bring up the AI piece because even previous to that great embedded AI that's coming with Power Platform, we see that the pre-built templates as well as reusable custom components in kind of the drag and drop nature of low code is actually already expediting um, a lot of those front-end development costs and even some of the back-end ones, especially as you build a repository of kind of those custom components, you're cutting down on the time, you're cutting down on the reiteration, you're cutting down on costs through DevOps. And so we actually ended up seeing a 24% reduction of professional developer and DevOps costs when people combine Power Platform and Azure for corporate IT force their total economic impact report we did quite a while ago. And so what ends up happening is that accelerated development is only going to get faster and is only going to be able to drive reduced time to the market as well as reduced costs as we continue to build and pull more AI into low-code technologies. And it's actually funny that you asked that because when we were doing this research before we put out all these great kind of new features and functionalities, we actually found out that 87% of CIOs and IT professionals say increased AI and automation embedded into low-code platforms would help them better leverage uh, the full set of capabilities. And so that's only going to show you that, you know, these co-pilots in Microsoft Power Apps, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agents, We'll do a fantastic job of kind of streamlining that development and, you know, making it easier for not only, you know, IT professionals and pro devs, but even for the citizen developer that ends up getting their hands around the technology as well. Yeah, I know. It's killer stuff. I really like that, you know, that 87 percent uh, found AI's integration is going to really expedite application growth. And I guess that makes sense, right, because you, you're really lowering the bar of entry into building out these applications and kind of like type what you want it to do and it does it. But I think it also sparks a lot of creativity because you're not imposed with any uh, developmental like roadblocks in, in what you want to build, right? So you can build all these great apps. Now, on the flip side, with a bunch of apps comes a lot of data. What do we do there? How, how, how are we integrating low code into data to get insights faster? Yeah, it's, you know, that's a fantastic question. And it's funny because, you know, the explosion of data and technical um, kind of solutions in every business process, every workflow is really just growing the volume of data at a pretty rampant pace. I mean, we talked about, you know, 250K more estimated apps in a two year span. You know, how much data is that churning out in these organizations, right? Often that data is duplicated across databases. It's not always properly formatted. Sometimes people are doing shadow IT, pulling that down into, into their own Excels and, you know, operating on data. And, you know, Sean, you've taught me a lot about that at work. And so that's really challenging for, you know, both end users to leverage in their decision making because that data is not always accurate. It's not always the cleanest. It's not always the most up to date. Making that data accurate you know, actionable is time consuming and it's really costly to use. Low code platforms, you know, shameless plug for Dataverse are great in terms of helping break down those data silos and centralizing that data into one central repository on which people are able to kind of build their applications. And, you know, things like Power BI, they're able to take a Power App that they build and then 
take the data from it and streamline that directly into a Power BI dashboard and really, you know, kind of build a visualization that, you know, now someone like myself, who's not the most technical, is able to really uh, leverage and take advantage of to be able to make better, you know, marketing decisions. And, you know, some of our leadership is able to do the same thing. And so it's really just about taking some of that data, centralizing it, breaking down previous data silos through integration, through things like, you know, custom connectors, out of the box connectors, which were, you know, close to approaching a thousand one, which is incredible. And so it's just really making data much more accessible and easier to use for both the technical audience, the CIO, the IT pro, the professional developer. And then, you know, those benefits continue to trickle down, just like the cost reductions, just like, you know, that accelerated time to market, all that also trickles down to the rest of the business, just making a business overarchingly faster, you know, sharper and more cutting edge. Yeah, that is awesome. And I mean, it's really promising when organizations are able to employ low code. And we've got plenty of customer stories like that resonate that type of success using that. And this report definitely goes into a bunch of statistics and great takeaways from the, the data points that you've got. So like, you know, you're in an IT department, you want to show this off to your boss, your director, you know, and your, your CTO and CIO and everything. How do you strike up this conversation? What do you tell them to make them interested in this? The biggest thing I can say is when you talk to these CIOs and IT pros, if you want to literally take this report, you're talking 87 percent of CIOs and IT pros surveyed and said low code is effective in helping them reduce costs. Eighty nine percent said that it's effective in increasing efficiency. You know, 86 percent of them said that it helped their organizations generate more accurate insights from their data. These are key findings and key things that we've seen that CIOs, IT departments care about. And those things always continue to trickle down to the rest of the business. And so I would say to anybody who's really interested in using low code, go to your leadership and start that conversation. And, you know, in terms of if you get them on board or if they're really interested in learning more, direct them to the Microsoft Power Platform Adoption Assessment that we have on MicrosoftLearn.com. And, you know, that's a great opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about where your organization stands in the low code practice today. Maybe you're new, you know, you haven't done this before. It's a great way to kind of learn more about, you know, how you can get started. And for those who are on the track, you know, but aren't necessarily at things like fusion development yet or what have you. It gives some great recommendations in terms of where you can go next. It gives you, you know, access to resources like the Microsoft Adoption Workbook and some of these other key assets that our PowerCat team has done a fantastic job of putting together. And those resources are really helpful in helping you start to build that strategy. And then, you know, if you have a Microsoft representative that your organization works for, for things like Microsoft 365, for things like Dynamics, things like Azure, you know, go and broach that conversation with them. If they're not the right person to help you, you know, they can always get you in contact with someone else who will be able to kind of help push you along that journey. And so those are kind of some of the routes I would take personally, if I was really interested in learning more and starting to get my hands around this technology. No, that's a really good point. I think one way to kind of sum that up is, you know, take the processes and, and the technologies that you're working with right now and, and think of like, what's next? Or how can I make this even easier? And I think that's where Power Platform can come in and really streamline a lot of the, the things that you're doing and integrate with a lot of technologies that you're working with. You mentioned, you know, third-party connectors and integrations at that point. And it's super crucial to understand that and how you can get buy-in during the adoption process and, and tie it into what matters to those, to those users and to those individuals on the C-suite. Ricardo, thank you so much for joining, like tons of information. We'll definitely put links to all this content in the show notes, make sure everybody can readily access it. And we're interested in seeing how the uh, natural language and copilot uh, integrations change the perspective about low code. So maybe there'll be another report later on at some point, uh, and we can take a look at, at how things have altered in the low code space since then and what 
uh, organizations are actually using it for later on. And I'd be curious to see what, you know, listeners are, are thinking too. you know, please hit us up on the social channels uh, and let us know what you think about the report and where do you think things are going? And also, what does security and governance mean to this for organizations as they they understand the true value of low code and, and how does that govern securely and put in place? Once again, thank you so much, Ricardo. This this flew by, but this was really good, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sean. And thanks, everybody, for listening.